this most high God, the Son of the living God, high and exalted, far above every other power. His name is Jesus, the risen one, the everlasting Father, the light of the world, the unchangeable changer, rock of our salvation, mighty to save and deliver, full of kindness and full of grace, awesome in power, wonderful, 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 full of wonder, full of wonder, full of wonder. Thank you, Jesus. Indeed, you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. We bow our hearts before you. Once again, this afternoon, accept our worship. Let a memorial be raised for it, O oh God. And I pray that we open the heavens upon us. Thank you, eternal Father. Jesus, marvelous name, we pray. Let's put our hands together for the Lord and have uh, a wonderful time of worship in His presence. He is God Almighty. Amen. Please be seated. God bless you. Please be seated. We will watch a short film to serve as our test for. It's just under four minutes, so please watch carefully and uh, let it speak to you. Two days later, there was a wedding in the town of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. <laughs> when the wine had given out, Jesus' mother said to him, They are out of wine. Madam. What do you have to do with this? My time has not yet come. Do whatever he tells you. The Jews have rules about ritual washing, and for this purpose, six stone water jars were there, each one large enough to hold between 20 and 30 gallons. Fill these jars with water. They filled them to the brim. Now draw some water out and take it to the man in charge of the feast.
took him the water, which now had turned into wine, and he tasted it. He did not know where this wine had come from, but of course the servants who had drawn out the water knew. So he called the bridegroom. Everyone else serves the best wine first, and after the guests have drunk a lot, he serves the ordinary wine. But you have kept the best wine until now. Jesus performed this first miracle in Cana in Galilee. There he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, Jesus and his mother, brothers and disciples, went to Capernaum and stayed there a few days. continue. We are in church. <laughs> okay, we just do a bit study of that four-minute clip. Uh, ask you one or two questions, and then I pray the Holy Spirit will breathe upon the next few minutes and blesses us. Um, Father, we commit this moment to your hand. Speak to us change our lives. Help us to conform to the image of your dear son. Let your name be glorified. <coughs> Jesus' name we pray. My first question is, who will you say was the most important personality in that story? You will say Jesus, but who? Mary. Why did you say that? Shout your answer. Okay, since your answer, I may not do justice to it. Can I have microphones, please? Okay, thank you. Uh, praise God. So, because he wasn't invited to the wedding in the first place, she took him along, and she took his, um, you know, obviously he came with a group of people, but I believe that Mary always had the understanding, obviously, from when he was a child, that this, her son was, you know, she knew who he was. So, obviously, when a problem, well, it seemed like a problem had come up, she went immediately to him, and regardless of what he said, she knew he was the solution. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay, so, um, the Lord's mother connected the people to their miracle. Um, because Jesus could have been there if the mother had not linked them up with Jesus, miracle would not have happened. Uh, so, that's my first lesson there, that there are destiny helpers that God has got for you and I. And one of the words that I believe God is saying to us in this season is that this is a season of open doors. Uh, many of us have been shut out of many things. The Lord is saying doors will begin to open right now. So what could have turned into shame? The Lord turned it around because a woman was there. And she took that bold step of connecting the people against normal best judgment. 
And even when the son said, but you know my time has not come, she wasn't arguing, but she released the word. And that word was, whatever, she say, whatever he says to you, you should do what? Do it. And that will be the title of our discussion uh, this afternoon before we start to pray. Hallelujah. Another question I would like to ask us was, did you notice anything special that ministered to you in that place? And that's an open-ended question, purposely designed it that way, so that at least everybody, yes, sir, Brother Boris, what did you, what was it in that story that ministered specially to you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For me, the fact that they collected the water and it was still water, that really marked me, that was a great example of faith. Absolutely. And I think that would be the one that stood out for me too. Sometimes we read that story before, we thought that it was actually wine they took from the pot. It was water they took from the pot. And in the process of transit, we didn't know exactly at the time, but by the time he turned it in, it turned into wine. And it's no matter what you want to say, give credit to that guy who was running errands. No matter what you say, he was very sheepish. If they gave him order, it was just drainage. Up to the side, he said, and he didn't doubt. And I believe that was a proper, we don't show all those films. You need to choose them specially because not all of them are perfect reflection of what the scripture says. But that was a perfect dramatization of what the scripture says. Took water. And then, at the point where it has to be, it turned into what it has to be. If you will follow God, you will need to follow him without knowing where he's leading you. You, if you insist on knowing where it's leading you, you ain't going to go far with him. The walk with God is a blind walk. <laughs> and if you are insisting, Lord, but where exactly are we going? Well, he will just say, follow me. And the scriptures are full of such examples. So very quickly, I'll mention one or two things quickly, brethren. And so say the title will be, whatever he says unto you, do it. So why must we do whatever he says unto us? Number one, because he knows what you don't know. In Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, he said, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. Whenever God wants to introduce himself, he begins to mention his name. And watch out for what he says after that. And there is no other. I am God, he repeated. And there is none like me. And verse 10 Declaring the end from the and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. God knows stuff. Believe you me, He knows what we don't know. And the first step, if anyone will enjoy this God, is to learn, to recognize that no matter what we know, there are many things that he has hidden away from us for our own good. Job was a very righteous man, and believe you me, that man was great. Up to the extent that Satan said, I must find a chink in his hammer. You know, Jesus had not come at that time. And so Job was discussing before the Lord and establishing his own righteousness, and God said, Job, there are many things you don't know. Because we knew what Job didn't know. Because he, don't, he didn't know that Satan and God were almost kind of, I don't want to use the word kahoot, but they were kind of in agreement that he should be tempted. 
But God knew that somehow they would deliver this guy. So in chapter 38 and chapter 39 of the book of Job, God opened unto Job and he said, Job, you don't know this, you don't know this, you don't know this, you don't know this. And God mentioned a lot of things that Job didn't know. And then hear Job's answer in chapter 40. Thing beginning from verse 1 to 5. If you can read that, please. Chapter 40 of Job. And then that should be your answer. As well. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer him. Last week, I think, was it that we mentioned that never blame God. Because God is blameless. Then Job answered the Lord and said, verse 4, please, behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. And verse 5, he said, once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Please, if God is leading you, follow him. Number two reason why you must obey the instruction, whatever he says to you, do it. Because he sees what you can't see. And that's the difference between knowing what you don't know and seeing what you can't see. There are many things that you know, but you, don't, you can't see them. Because in Psalm 139 verse 12, he says, Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. Amen. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Hallelujah. And we're not talking of... Um, Infrared cameras here now. We're talking of God seeing things that are buried. We're talking of God seeing things that have not yet formed in the realm of physical resistance. God sees all. He sees our pains more than we even know our pains are there. Do you know many times you cannot articulate very clearly how big your problem is? <laughs> what you are describing as your problem and not even the problem. What you think that God needs to solve is not what you need to have solved. But God sees it. And you need to trust him whichever way he's leading you. And like that old simple song just came to my heart right now. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is to follow. The Lord knows the way through the Sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to stop on his promise, just to know the says the that's the chorus, Jesus. One more time, oh for grace, oh, oh for grace, 
Sing two, three more times. Oh, four. That's your prayer. That's my prayer. Oh, for grace. Oh, for grace to trust Him. Brothers and sisters, that's what we need. Grace to trust Him. The road may be dark sometimes, but it's leading you somewhere. And it's a glorious place it's leading you in Jesus' name. So why do I need to do whatever he says? Number three, because he can make happen what you don't have the power to make happen. He can make happen what you don't have the power to make happen. In Luke chapter 1 verse 34, that same woman, <laughs> she's seen a lot, you know. Uh, this message, I preach it in parts somewhere outside the country, but the Lord turned the message around and I barely use any. The way we looked at it was, you know, we looked in depth into why Mary was qualified to speak as she spoke about Jesus. You know that? And one of the reasons why she was qualified was this Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Exceedingly qualified because she's seen it all. Put it on the screen for us, please, if you may. Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Am I not? Is that not in the Bible? No, sometimes you quote things that are not there, actually. Wow, you funny. All right, okay. Then Mary said to the angel, maybe, has he crashed? All right, okay, I'll read it here. So if it's not Luke chapter 1, verse 34, but it's in the Bible, all right? Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And then the Bible says in verse 35, it says, and the angel said, this Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One that is to be born will be called the Son of God. She didn't have her own power. And many a times as we go through life, that is all the difference. Acts chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 says the same thing. This man was lame. He didn't have the power to do what he says to be done. He said, rise up and walk. But the man was hesitant. Thank God somebody helped him. Got him back on his feet and he walked. You will walk too. You will walk. I will walk. I will walk. I will walk. You know? There are many areas in which we are lame. Many areas in which we're supposed to be standing and start walking and running, but we seem to have been incapacitated. But when the word of the Lord comes, we shall rise and walk in the name of the Lord Jesus. Help is available. In 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, there was no way that prophecy from Elisha the prophet could have come to pass. Within 24 hours, the famine will be turned around, and it came to pass as the man of God said it. When God speaks, don't figure out how it will happen. Just follow. Just follow. Oh, I follow quite a few foolish things the Lord led me to do. Thank God I was foolish enough. I pray that the right foolishness may you have it when it is needed. You know, sheep are foolish. They follow sheepishly. They tell them to go, they go. Some of us, we question everything. Stop questioning things too much. We question everything. Even simple things we tell us in church. We are too clever. Too clever. I'm subject myself. People have asked me to do within limits, within the house of God. Do ridiculous things, whatever. Say, go and shake hands with nine people. And I decided to rise up and shook hands with nine people. Doesn't make sense. 
on the ninth one, I felt the word of the Lord come to me right there and then. Many of us, we question everything. We question everything. We question everything. Nothing can ever be... Some people, they can't obey simple instruction. May the Lord help us. If you don't remember anything, remember that man with a funny heart in that clip. Take the water and go and give to the master of ceremony. The guy didn't say, water, that's not what we need. But as he went, it happened. You will go, it will happen as well. Some of you, God, we moved you journey this week to write a letter. Pick up your pen and write the letter. Because I will go into practical tips on how to hear him. But let me quickly finish these ones because for our time, but hopefully we probably spend more time on how to actualize and leave this out. Amen. Amen. So why must I do whatever he says to me? Number four, because he can help you get over your fear. Somebody says, no more fear. The greatest cause of our generation is fear. People fear, man. We all fear. We fear things that will never happen. We suppose, some people will make some body language. You think that they are already talking about you. I've been there before. Some people, they will say things that are totally unconnected with you. After all, sometimes I've preached, people have come back to me and said, Pastor, that thing that you are saying. I said, look, sincerely, I don't know your situation. If you think God has spoken, God has spoken. But the problem is not even trying to connect what we hear that God was speaking, but sometimes we go into a panic for what we ought not to be panicked about. God deliver us from fear. God deliver us from fear. More than you can imagine, a lot of people are going through panic attacks in our time. I came from a background, cultural background, in which we deny emotional problems, especially amongst men. We don't believe we even get depressed. <laughs> you agree? We don't even believe that we do have panic attacks. I used to make fun of people in some other culture. And I started to say, how can you have panic attacks? What's wrong with you? What people do? You don't need to start running up and down. Your heart may start fluttering like no man's business. You see your body twitching. You suddenly break into a sweat. Because the spirit of fear is very rife. Fear shall be broken. And it's not in vain that the old King James Version have 365 do not fear there. You've heard of that before. Practically one for every day. Do you know amongst all the negative or amongst all the caution Jesus Christ our Lord gave, one of the most frequent caution he gave is that why are you afraid? You remember? Why did you fear? Fear not only to flock. When he was talking to a group of people, he said, fear not only to flock. When he's talking to Peter, Peter, he said, why did you fear? Sometimes fear makes people to run into problem, not away from problem. Because you don't even know what is chasing you. But when you hear the word of the master, you don't, you condition your life to such that you don't move until you hear. I hope somebody will come and ask about that from me later. That when you are walking with Jesus, you can get to the point in which you don't move until you hear. It's a hard place to be. Oh, not hard, but it's an advanced place to be. And God is able to take you and I there. You shall fear no more. 
I shall fear no more. You shall fear no more. Say to yourself, I shall fear no more. What are the common things we fear about? What's the commonest fear human beings have? Death. But do you know, I read, I stumbled on an article yesterday. It was an article, it was a research that was done in Japan. It just occurred to me now, why Japan? Japan simply, possibly Japan looked into that because they apparently, on a national level, have the highest rate of suicide. If you match their well-being, that if you, you can call it the corrected value, you know, you correct it for, there are reasons why people do commit suicide, things are bad, some nations, they may top them. But when you look at a society where you're supposed not to have suicide and you have high rate of suicide, Japan tops the list. And so they did this research there about this fear of death, that our brain is so wired that when we hear about somebody has passed away or died, something within us tells us that it cannot be us. And God has given that to us to help us so that we don't spend all our days thinking of fear and death. Fear of tomorrow. Fear that I will end up like this. I have news for you. You won't end up like this. Even if you are in a good state, we shall end up better than we are. Do you know what causes fear? Words. Do you know what takes away fear? Words. So I'm telling you those things. You, you are probably not listening to me. I say once again, here, contrary to what you have heard before, that you will not end up in the situation where you are in the name of the Lord Jesus. Believe God, believe his prophet, and you shall prosper. You won't. I won't even end up like this. Oh, you may not see obvious things I need. I need advancement in many areas. I need progress in many areas. I need to see more things. I need to move closer. I need, 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 need. I, can't, I just can't afford to end up like this. And you can't afford to end up like this. And you know what? You won't even end up like this in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when we say amen, it's not because we don't know what we are doing. We are releasing every physical, every emotional energy within us to tap into what has been said. And you know what? Changes begin to take place. <laughs> Changes take place. <laughs> oh God, deliver us. In Isaiah chapter 41, read all of Isaiah 41 later. It's a very good passage on fear. That's one of the best places where God gave us the greatest assurance against the spirit of fear. What does it say in verse 10? He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am. For everything God says, he gave a reason. So there's a reason to fear, but God tells you the counter reason not to fear. So first thing he says, fear not, for what? And if God is with you, who can be? Believe it in your heart that God is with you. When I get to this tightest of all corners, at the end of the day, I say, I say, Lord, you are with me. You ain't going to abandon me. You won't leave me alone. He said, be not dismayed, for I am. What will he do? I will. Oh, then with an affirmation. He said, what? Yes, I will. <laughs> and I will uphold you with my righteous. The perfect hand of God will uphold us. 
Don't fear. Fear will banish you. Yes, I feel like getting stuck here. Because today, the spirit of fear will do a runner in this room. And all of us, we shall live here with confidence in the Lord that the great deliverer will deliver us. And we shall not look down anymore. You are in this room, you are afraid that age is catching up on you. The Lord is saying that it will renew your youth. Now, some of you, the Lord has shed years away from you. It's one prayer I love to pray for myself, even as a man. Because if the Lord tarries, why can't somebody stand up? Thank God for an 88-year-old man. God bless his soul. Why can't I be standing at 93 and still preaching as I'm preaching now? Why not? It's whatever you desire, that's what you get. Why do you have to want to even see the picture of a Zima frame at all? If it's flowing in front of you, cancel it. Because <laughs> you will stand upright all your days. Amen. The Lord also asked me to tell somebody here, your body seems to have been like 10, 20 years older than it is. But the Lord is reversing it right now. He's reversing it right now. In the name that's above all names. Why must we obey the simple injunction the Lord gave us? Because you will eventually give an account of your life to him. (laughs) The way I look at it is that why are you running the project you have not been given? Why are you answering the question you are not asked? And I summarize, I said, the whole duty of man is to know God, know his will, and to do it. If you can come up with something better to encapsulate what we are here on earth to do, please let me have it. I repeat, the whole duty of man is to know his, and to, if you don't do those things, you are sorted. If I increase every day my knowledge of God, if I increase every day in the way that I know what he wants me to do, not what I'm copying you that you are doing, what he wants me to do with my own slant, because I'm unique and you are unique. There's no point trying to, and the worst place to be, spiritually speaking or religiously speaking or church-wise speaking, where everybody is put in the same mold. It might look tidy initially, but at the end of the day, you are shortchanging yourself. There are different expressions in that group. There are different expressions in the ushering. There are different expressions in every part of this room. Express it all within the limits of the word of God. Don't let anything, don't, don't be somebody else. A copy cannot be as good as the original. Even if you do it in, what is the ISDPI? I don't know, whatever it is. One million DPI, 600, what we copy. But yet, a copy will always remain a copy. God will send help to us. And John chapter 21 verse 22 gave us a clear-cut instruction there. There was this man, his name, you know, there are these two gentlemen, uh, Peter and um, John, you remember them? And Peter was going on about, you know, what will you do? God has told John clearly, he said, John, you will live unto good old age before you die. And also told Peter, you will live unto old age to the extent that they will carry you to where you didn't want to go. Of course, that prophecy came to pass in the life of both of them. Now, 
In the midst of all that, Peter was asking as usual, Lord, why don't you give me something or what are you saying about me? And Jesus Christ told him in verse 21, if I will that you remain till I come, what is that to you? Read the last three words with me together. I want to go. You follow me. And it's an individual thing. Romans 14 verse 12, what does it say? It's one of the Bible verses that should be very close to our hearts. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to every one of us. Very quickly, before we start closing and pray, how can we hear God? Because the commonest question that we hear when a topic like this is discussed is that all said pastor, all said preacher, I want to hear God, but how can I? Oh, I've been hearing God. I'm not even sure whether I'm hearing God. Is that a common question? Or even when I hear you, I want to be absolutely sure. Is God absolutely sure that it's God that is speaking to me? So we look at a few things that are called practical tips of how to hear God, especially for ourselves in seasons like number one. Hearing God is a process. Amen. You grow in the way you hear God. Hallelujah. You don't reach there the same day. It's, it's a process. Just like a child grows, so we all grow. And when I was thinking about this, an example came to mind, you know, many times because we are not where we ought to be in our knowledge of hearing God, we tend to give up. We tend to stop trying to follow him and grow in that area. We just say, this thing doesn't work for me. I thought God spoke to me yesterday, but it didn't turn out that way. I'm not sure it was God that is speaking to me. No, 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 no. You are learning how to hear God. Oh, the other time, somebody gave a word of prophecy, and I believe that. I even gave tiny meat unto it. Here I am now. One year down the line, nothing has happened. I'm not interested in all these things. In fact, all these things this preacher is saying, I don't want to hear anymore. Please hear me out one more time. It's a process. And it gets sharper as you go on. There was a recent incident that happened to us. Um, I think it was just this last time uh, you know, we were in the, in, in the States. And then, you know, we, we had this car hire, and we happened to be... Well, Sister Monica, we understand that probably better than I do. We happen to be in this part of the U.S., what about the funniest part. I mean, we've been to Texas before. Texas is, can drive seven, eight hours in Texas. Huge land. But there's this little corner of U.S. in the Northeast in which you have three states within a radius of 15 miles. So when I enter into the car, I key in the destination that I was going, but the car, the sat now we first tell you First, ask you to tell the state that you are going. And within this 15-mile radius, I believe, you have District of Columbia there, you have uh, Virginia there, and you have Maryland there. So when I was going to the hotel, I put the hotel. It took me because the default state that I was put there was the one that it took us to. I got there. I said, this is not the place. And now, listen to this now. I don't think whether this part of the sermon, but you can pocket it. It's some of us that were a little bit huh, OCD <laughs> about planning and working things out. It pays off sometimes, you know. Because if I were to go to any hotel, 
I will have looked at the picture on the internet. As I stand at the outdoor, I will know is the place I'm going or not. So I didn't even need to go for I've fat because of Google, what's called that? Eh? Street view. Google Street View. I will look at the street this way. It's taking fun away from me. I don't have surprises at all. Look at the street this way. So as we were driving there, I knew, I didn't say a word, but I knew this is not where I was going because I've been there before I was there. <laughs> and so that released me from error. Anyway, back to my story. So we left that place. I scratched my head. I said, what is going on? But by about the fifth or sixth day in that country, I've mastered it. In fact, we were going to church. I keep the church name. It wasn't showing. I said, no, no, no. This church is in this area. <laughs> I said, I must find out which state do they classify him under. We were going to Jesus' house in um, uh, D.C. I supposed to be, I suppose it should be under District of Columbia. I know it was not. It was actually under Maryland. Crazy environment. Now, what I'm, t- sorry, American, sorry. <laughs> Lovely environment. Best place in the world. <laughs> you know, you need to be very careful what you say here. And so, by the time I mastered it, you'll be surprised how easy it was. What am I talking about? It's the same thing we're hearing God. Your error is making you to get sharper. The one you missed is telling you how not to. And down the line, you become an expert in hearing him. And so all of you here now, if you travel, definitely at some stage where you travel to that part of the country, I'll give you a tip already. Out of my mistake, you have learned. And myself, I can't make that mistake anymore. Going with God, hearing God is what? It's a process. And as you go on with him, you get better with him. Amen. Number two practical tip I want to give you so that you don't give up following him. Find out the primary way God leads you. And now this is another one that I need to say a little bit of stuff about. I beg of you that the scripture, and we preachers, we say that a lot, and it's correct. The scripture is all you need for your life pattern. Amen? Amen? But at the same time, in Psalm 119, verses 105, he says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my... Sometimes the scripture will give you the general principle. You need to find out the specific need. <laughs> Sometimes you need to hear a word, particularly for yourself. Amen? And so, as good as you are hearing all this, you are hearing, you still need to go and find out exactly what, is, what God is saying to you, 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 you as an individual. And that's where many people miss it. It's a convenient thing for we preachers to say, you know, the word of God, of course the word of God will lead you. But God still speaks specifically to individuals. He spoke specifically unto Paul when he called him a son of Tarsus. He spoke specifically unto Peter at every stage of their journey. Spoke specifically unto Philip when he asked him to leave the revival in Samaria and go into the desert to meet the Ethiopian Enoch. It wasn't just scripture he was reading. God spoke directly to him. Am I making sense here? 
You need to get to the point in which God will speak directly to you, to your situation. Thank God for prophets. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for reverends. Thank God for everybody, for bishops and general overseers. But my brother, my sister, you need to hear him for yourself. You need to. You need to. And the good thing is that he's speaking already. The challenge is that we don't listen. We don't take note as we ought to take note. So to make it easy, I will have listed about 15, possibly 20 ways in which God can lead you. Through dreams, through visions, through strands, through whatever, whatever. And they are all valid ways. But we will divide them into three types of ways that God leads people. Or three types of slants that we can put into the way you receive from God. There are some people that are called seers. The primary way you receive from God is that by you see things. Amen. The rest of this year, I'm believing God will lead us into digging deeper into personal development. Deeper individual work with God. As long as I have the opportunity, pray for me that he will give us insight and revelation to share with one another. There are seers. And seers, usually, they are people that God wants to show them things that, let, let, let me Put it this way. I, I possibly believe that a fair degree of what my leading, leading I get from God is by seeing. And the reason is that if you're a person who has the, if, if you have the predisposition to doubt what you are hearing, God circumvents your hearing. Because what you are hearing, you might think it is just your mind that is saying it. So God will use things that you cannot influence to talk to you. And some, they have dreams, some, they have visions, some, some of us, we have what we call flashes. We flash something before you, and if you are able to dig deep into what the meaning of what God has flashed before you, you'll be the better for it. Amen? So how do I know? I'll tell you later how you know. Let me run quickly through the different categories of people. So the second category are those that we call hearers. I know a man of God, well-respected. I won't give you more details than that. He's one of the very people that hear audible voices. God dictates things to him. And you need to walk to God with God to a certain extent in which you hear dictation. Moses was walking in that realm in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. The Bible says, Moses spoke to God face to face as a man speaks to a friend. So Moses will be speaking like this. He will be hearing God speak to him. And they will have a clear conversation. Many of us that we are hearers as well, we can have impression in our heart. We can hear dim voices, but he will hear voices loud and clear as if a man is speaking. Remember, it's a process. You can get there as well. There are those that we call fillers. Fillers is a part of your body. We experience some things that we tie in together and God will use it to lead you. All these things we laid bare before you, not so that you can pick anyone you like, but you can ask God to show unto you exactly what he's saying unto you. God deals with me both as a sight, as a seer, I do hear, and also as a feeler. And I will give everything in this world that none of those things is ever lost. Oh, I will give everything in this world. Number three, practical guide, show gratitude whenever God speaks to you. Amen. Never lose the attitude of wonder and awe. I move quickly now. And in this one, let me put one more point. Better to keep receiving signals than no signals at all. 
When at times we keep wondering, I'm not sure whether God is speaking. Just, just keep receiving. Amen. You will grow. Oh, and I don't want to have dreams anymore. Too many dreams. I don't. I can't make sense of them. Some of them are so confusing. Today, I dreamt that I was, you know, floating. Tomorrow, I dreamt that sinking. Which one do we believe? On the same night, you dreamt that you are eating. That same night, you dreamt that you are hungry. <laughs> don't worry yourself. Amen. Just continue to receive. Amen. We can't walk without faith with God. And we must have absolute trust in him. You see, some people are not baptized in the Holy Spirit for a long time because they are afraid that the spirit they will receive is not the spirit of God. And then Jesus told us, he said, that if you be evil, your children will ask of you, um, egg, will you give him scorpion? If you ask, you know, Jesus mentioned this somewhere. If I remember, I'll give you the exact quotation. What Jesus was saying, our Lord was saying, is that if you cannot if you will not respond to your children by giving them the wrong thing, how do you think I, God, will allow the wrong thing to settle in you? In respect to what you are hearing. Of course, the devil will speak. You don't worry. But if you have sufficient, sufficient faith in God, it's the word of God that will settle. Even after I deceive you for a little while, you will come out of that deception. Hallelujah. Number four, position yourself to hear him. And I've shared this through my years here, preached it many times, and, but I know not the same set of people are here. Oh, when I gave my life to Christ, that was the instruction we were given. And we used it very well to our advantage. After you prayed in the morning, your quiet time, you don't get up immediately. What do you do? You wait. And expecting God to do what? Speak to you. You might quicken the Bible verse in your heart. It might show you the vision. You might hear a voice. You might have an impression. Oh, it is good to position yourself. It is good to position yourself. By the special grace of God, I have moments like that. I remember when we were having the, bre- the referendum, this thing in, in Scotland. And by the way, when we say position yourself, the way, one word I want to substitute for that is wait. When we are fasting, we say we are waiting on God. Most of the time, we are not waiting. Waiting means, means that Empty yourself as much as possible of all your own prayer points or whatever. Anyway, long story cut. I remember very clearly. I was on a personal retreat at that time. During, what year was our referendum in Scotland again, anybody? It was also 2016. Was it early 2016? No, that, that was the referendum. Referendum 23rd. Was it 14? Oh, two solid years between them. Wow. Our former premier was a strong man who, did one 2014, did one 20. I remember 2014, I was in a personal retreat. I was somewhere in town, left home and, you know, waiting on the Lord and all the rest of that. And in the middle of that, the Lord came and just quickened my heart and asked me, show me a few things that I needed to pray about so that the referendum should go in the way he wanted it to go. And may I please say this unto you. I might be preaching to the wrong crowd here. Um, because this is more of a statement from leaders. I don't believe when we pray for national things, we should pray just, Lord, let your will be done. I don't believe it. I don't. I believe, as believers, spend time to know God's will. Lord, what do you want about Brexit? What do you want? It's a cop-out to say, let your will be done. Because that's where either way you pass. 
And that's not the way of the kingdom. So with all this hulabaloo and all these shenanigans going on about your referendum now, I won't say much. My wife will probably tell you. I struck gold yesterday. I had time to the closet for preparing for today. One of our brothers said something to me. He said, well, let me ask you a question. Please, you know yourself. See me after the service. Hopefully, we'll be able to discuss it. I said, I wasn't preparing for today. You won't believe it. You know what I was praying about? Brexit. Two hours or so, I had a wonderful conversation. And he showed me exactly. When he gives me the permission to tell you, I will tell you. I just, because we've been given the instruction, when you are leading, we can't be political. We can't say, I agree, sirs. I agree, mass. I know that's the way we should do for public. But the truth of the matter is that as prophets of God, we must know what God is saying. Because there's a God agenda anyway. <laughs> there must be something that's about God in it. And I don't care. If I hear God clearly, believe you, man, I will stand by it. And for this one, the issue of Brexit is not economic. It's spiritual. And it might not be the spiritual along the way you are looking at it. <laughs> uh, anyway, we are talking about uh, whatever it says to you. <laughs> All right, so let's do whatever it says to us. Hallelujah. So some of the practical things that we need to do, brethren, as we walk with the Lord, is that we must position ourselves to hear him. Amen. Psalm 25, verse 5, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Amen. On you I wait all the day. Number five, practical tip. It's not a topic I can finish in one 30 minutes preaching. Keep in mind what he says to you. Then the Lord answered, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered and said to me, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that ye may run. Who does what? Who reads it? Hallelujah. This will not be complete until we mention, do what he says. You agree with me? So if you, the greatest practical tip you need is that you learn to do what he says. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Just do it. Do it promptly. Just do it promptly. God led me one time like that to see that a young lady did not commit suicide because God showed me in the place of prayer. Some of you have, has anyone heard that story before? Where God showed me, yeah, if you've been around long enough, yeah, where God showed me, uh, he actually had a name, dictated the name to me. Ah, it's a name. And then immediately after the name, he showed me the building. And I knew that building in the town I was living in Nigeria, or the city I was living in Nigeria, Ibadan. And so I connected the name with the place and I went straight to the place. I got there, they told me that the person has left and I've moved to Lagos. And somebody gave me exactly the location. So I took my car and drove to Lagos. And on that very trip, actually, I almost ran into the lagoon. I almost ran into the lagoon. I fell asleep. I was on Third Mainland Bridge, if you know Nigeria, one of the three main links between the mainland and the island. Anyway, so I got there and um, told her, well, I don't know why I'm here, but I was praying, and this is, your name came up. I was praying. The building came up. Anyway, just as I've told you guys, I told the person, ah, she said she knew where I'm here. I said, why? She said she's been on the issue of marriage for a long time, and nothing has happened. 
And uh, the next thing is that she was actually at the point in which she's tired and was about to take her life. And she showed me the bottle of Valium on the table that she was about to drink. So I preached to her, led her to Christ, and I went away. Uh, my wife knows the story very well, and I probably even think that God wanted me to have more impact in her life, but I didn't continue the prayer. I'm possibly on a long-term basis for how to have more impact in my life. But God, God has made up for all that. But the truth of the matter is that if as a young believer, I was probably three years born again, max maybe three, four years born again, God can have some dealings with us. Oh, where have we been since? God wants to do more. And he will do more in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. What shall we do now? Pray. What shall we pray about? Huh? <laughs> uh, you will dictate the prayer point. So I won't let go. Yes, what are we praying about? Huh? That we hear God when he speaks. Okay, good. We pray about that. What else? That okay, let the word of God settle whenever He speaks. Yes, what else are we going to pray about? Grace to do. You pick that up. Yes, what else shall we pray about? Hmm? Okay, fair. Okay, good. So, since I brought you to the message, it's not central part of message. We pray about fair. Okay, two more before I give you summary. To obey when he speaks. Good. All right? Yeah. To know his will. Good. Huh? Grace to do more. Or to... Grace to what? Okay. To do more from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever he says to you... Whatever he says to you says to you that he will do mighty things in your life. So begin to believe you. Jump on your feet with me and let us pray. Hallelujah. It's going to be short. I pray that the impact of it will be long. Because we serve a God who speaks, I want you to say thank you. Can you imagine our life with that direction? Can you imagine driving to a territory that you don't know without a map? Without, uh, what's the other generic name for Satnav? GPS, yeah. Because Satnav was actually a company, wasn't it? GPS. No free advertisement here, I've told you. So, If you Satnav wants to be used, want me to be using their name, let them donate to church. So I hope Satnav people are hearing me. <laughs> Over GPS, yes. I'm talking to start now, now but GPS. Hallelujah. I want to say thank you, Father. You are a kind God. You are merciful. Thank you that you have not left us alone. Thank you that your voice is available. Thank you that our fears are allayed when we hear you. Thank you. If not for those words, many a time will have given up. Bless his holy name. 
Give him honor. Give him glory. Spend quality time to thank him. One other thing I've discovered is that the more that we praise him, the more of his presence that we experience. We give you thanks. We give you glory. For all the prophetic words who spoke into our lives, we thank you because they will come to pass. For all the promises you have made, we thank you. Bless him. Give him honor. Give him glory. We serve a God who does not fail or change. Oh, this is going to be the longest part of our prayer. Praise and thanksgiving. He opens doors for us. He has said that these are our seasons of open door. And nothing can open the door like praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord our God. Bless him, my brother. Bless him, my sister. Oh, we serve a good God. We serve a mighty God. The one who does not change or fail. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Jesus' name, we have prayed. Going to ask the Lord that for all those moments when we misdate, for those moments where we did not obey, even though He has spoken, that He will forgive us. That's a short prayer because He said, even before you ask, He said, We have heard us. Turn unto Him and say, Lord, I thank you for the grace to forgive. So, Lord, please forgive me. All those words you have spoken that we have doubted, all those prophetic utterances, all those visions and various ways of leading us that we have missed, oh God, turn us around, we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I believe with all my heart that you are praying. Are you? I want you to also pray, brothers and sisters, friends, that God will make clear to you the language by which he speaks to you. When I say whether seer or hearers or feelers, essentially what we are simply saying is that there's a particular language that God speaks to you with. I'm not talking of human language, not about spiritual language. That may you know that language. May you be fluent in that language. May you be so confident, irrespective of what is happening around you, because you have heard him, you'll be unshakable. You'll be unmovable. So our prayer will be, Father, teach me, O God, your word and your means of communicating them to me in the name of Jesus. Lift up voices and pray. It's a genuine sound prayer. I could tell you by the special mercy of the Lord how the Lord speaks to me because through the years he has taught me. He has impacted me. And he's working on you too, I believe. He has moved you to some distance, but none of us were there yet. So, Lord, make clear. Make me more fluent in that language of heaven. Make me more fluent in that spiritual language, oh God. Either prophetic word, either by feeling or either by seeing things, oh God. Teach me more. Teach me more. Take me deeper. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we pray. Amen. Finally, I want you to pray that the voice of the Lord will be clear. Amen. The voice of the Lord, you will understand. Amen. The grace to do, we shall receive fully today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we lift our voices and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, by your mercy, give me capacity and ability 
to hear you clearly. Give me wisdom to understand you. And give me grace to do what you ask me to do. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voices and let's pray. Father, I pray by your mercy that you will give me, oh Lord, the ability and the capacity to understand you, to hear you clearly, to hear you clearly. Oh, the Bible compares how Moses heard and how others hear. The Bible says Moses heard you clearly. Oh, Lord, take me to that level of hearing you clearly and give me wisdom to understand you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we pray. Rock of ages, we thank you. Your word is more than enough to solve all our problems. Your words have gone for today. Meet every need. Meet every need. Every area of doubt we are put right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every foundation of fear, we completely cut them off now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We will fear no more, but we shall be strong in the Lord, and we shall be strong in his mighty power. Oh Lord, give us clarity when you speak. Give us understanding when you speak. And above all, the grace to do whatever you tell us, grant unto us in the name of Jesus. Even if your instruction is wait, we will wait. If your instruction is sit down, we will sit down. If your instruction is to rise up and travel thousands of miles for what we don't know, we will be obedient in the name of the Lord Jesus. Men of all, they ate the fruit of obedience. It shall not be different in our lives. I banish every area of our life where things have been slow. I speak speed unto every department right now. Things have just seemed to refuse to work. First of all, the Lord will speak to you. We reassure you. And it will sweetly and speedily perform that which has proposed for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you. You never change. What you said of old, you did for men of old. Many of them, they were full of faults and error, yet you helped them. Oh Lord, help us. Help us. Perform your word and turn us around for your glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm trusting you, Father, in confidence and absolute belief that testimonies will be rolling in beginning from next Sunday in the name of the Lord Jesus. Season of open doors is here. Month of peace. No more storms in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. No more shame. No more hiding. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, eternal Father. Jesus, marvelous name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.